Todd. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Did you change my name on here? I don't know what I did. Did I do something wrong? No, not at all. I just uh, remember yesterday I was telling you how it comes up as Marilee, and then today it's Marilee Sweeney. I don't know. I have no idea. It's a spook. I didn't do anything. I don't know. That's weird. How are you? I'm studying about utopias. Yeah. And and what do you find? They don't have fleas, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry about coughing yesterday, but I don't know how to mute this thing. You know, I had a, a microphone on and I'm like, I just cough it out merrily. <laughs> <laughs> don't add stress to the problem. <laughs> yeah. In our in our conversations that we've been having over a period of years, but now today, I'm thinking that uh, there's dystopian and there's utopian, and we're talking. You, you know, you're consistently pointing toward a utopian society by love, with love, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it seems to me that all that my research tells me is that. As soon as we develop, and this I would start with Plato and take it forward to Thomas More, at least that far, that whenever we develop a, a utopian society in the hands of man, we end up with dystopia because of the frailty of the human condition, as I, I like to say that. But And there's been a lot of literature about about that stuff, you know. Um, okay. I didn't. I didn't realize. Uh, uh, I just looked over a bunch of books here. Yeah, we have so many words in the language to describe basically the same thing. The dystopia is is where we're at. I mean, it's basically hell. <laughs> it's this illusion. It's the veil. But you know the the dystopian. Um, there's some, there's some satire around dystopians too. Um, Brave New World by Alex Huxley. Um, Can't Happen Here, Sinclair Lewis. Uh, 1984, George Orwell. Um, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. He was an amazing guy. Lord of the Flies. What are they saying, though? Well, they're they're making, they're they're turning dystopia into a satire. In other words, they're making a dystopia. They're making a utopian society into a dystopian society. They're the ones that coined literal from from a literature standpoint, they coined what happens in dystopia. And movies have been made about it, books have been written about it. But what I'm afraid of in our conversations is that we seem to be allowing man to to somehow believe that love is going to handle it and move into a utopian society and end up in dystopia anyway. How powerful is love in your context? Love is the end-all, be-all. It's the creator. It's, it's, it is always in existence. It never goes away. And being in this physical form, in this you know so-called physical reality, it's dystopic because we're we don't know how to love. If we could align with it, then it'd all be good. But because we haven't had a proper education and we all just kind of wing it, you know, it's however our parents raised us, it's however our teachers 
you know, taught us or how they treated us and how our first boyfriend or girlfriend, it's like, you're just winging it. There's no real education. And then, and then you add um, religion on top of that. And now there's division. It's us and God. There's a Trinity. Where do I fit in there? You don't. What? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, logically thinking, you know. The Trinity. Now, why do you, why do you bring up the Trinity? I mean, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. Where am yeah. I in that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. To be gazed upon but not entered. Yes. All right. Right. And that's ridiculous. It's like you have to understand, I am that. I am that. It can only be one, and that's it. If it's not the one, it's nothing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but let me... Okay. But the Trinity is an invention anyway. I mean, it's all an invention. I guess that's what you're doing. I think what you're happening is your arguments, whether it's Plato or Aristotle or Socrates or whoever, your arguments always trump all those guys because they discuss either infinity or process, but you're just saying that, that love handles everything well let's let's break it down the trinity we have the father what is the father well god says i am love right god is love i am that i am that what do you see well, well I am that's, that. what you're saying is that the end of story that's well it? and then we have the son what is the son a manifestation of the father what was the father love so now we have love in the flesh Okay, and then the Holy Spirit. Well, what is that? That's the spirit of love that lives within me. It's your intuition. It's God, the Father, telling you, look, this is, I'm telling you how to navigate. If you just follow me, I sent my son so that you could learn how to love. Just follow in his footsteps. We'll all be okay. But no, I'm going to give you free will. And this has been sitting with me since yesterday when we were talking about it. So that's really cool. We landed on it. But, you know, for me, the Father is love. And Jesus is the manifestation of, so it's a physical being and, and he is my brother. He says, right. You are all, you are all brothers and sisters and you're all Kings and Queens. Don't you understand this? Don't you understand? Yes, I do understand this loud and clear. I got the message. I am a daughter of the most high and I need to embody love. Well, but the Trinity, by definition, is three persons in one Godhead. Three it's persons. Like, it's, it's, it's like you carve him up. It's like a walnut. You oh. know. It can't. Okay. First of all, and we're going to say persons, and we have to understand that's a legal term. You know, it's not the, the flesh. It's a legal term. It's a fake dead entity. And in the Bible, God says, "I am a God of the living." You know, so, but he's judgmental too, so he's got to be. I mean, no. He's a process guy. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> you know, so it, of the dead, meaning that the dead is the entity. That's the person. That's the. That's the. Um, you know the 
birth certificate that's walking around the corporation that is standing in for us. That's what that is. God is so of the, the living of me. Yeah. So the birth certificate is, is your, is your credential for man, but not for the Trinity or for God. You mean birth certificate this, is nothing this, more than a, that's just, that's just accounting mechanism birth certificate. No, it's basically your pass to get into the show. Okay, but it's still issued by the government. The government, the government is the show. It, okay, it's like it's okay, like the so, movie. You know what I mean? And you got a ticket, and here's your birth certificate. There's your ticket to get in, and we call it the okay. Matrix around here. Okay. It's a fake reality, but you can't you can't do anything without it. You have to get in. And people continue to live in there, just live in the show. I just want to go back to bed. That's all. I'm just tired. Oh, too early. Why? Why don't? Okay. All right. So I'm not. I'm not going to go back and revisit. Then um, these guys. I. I think let's stick with with utopia, dystopia. Let's get away from the Trinity for a minute or from God. Okay. Let's talk about the let's talk about the frailty of the human mind. We we have the ability as humans, as so as Homo sapiens, we have the ability to to think, essentially, in its simplest format, to confabulate yeah. stories, right. to imagine stuff. Um, the rest of things that live tend to live in the moment, although they do have memory, they tend to live in the moment. More than we do, at least. Although I tend to live in the moment more and more as I get older. <laughs> Good. We should. So, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, I think that the big. I think that's the fatal flaw. I. I think that all of this stuff seems to be based on the on the on the salvation of a species that's too flawed to be saved. Maybe. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! There you go. Right? Just you know, I gotta look for. I gotta look for my fairy dust. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Humility at its best. <laughs> no, but oh. seriously though, when you're talking about the frailty of the mind, right? And we're talking about people. Literally, we get back to free will. God gave us free will, a mind of our own. Now that's what got you yesterday. Was I denied the free will? I right. didn't I? Mm -hmm. I know, I know why you're so worked up. <laughs> I want to talk about this. Get your gloves on. <laughs> sure. Okay. Now, who's well, saying right. that free will doesn't exist? I'm saying. Well, I'm saying that that from a from a from a from the from your hemostats point of view, your your decision is made for you before you realize that you're going to make the decision at all. That's all preordained. It is measured in fractions of seconds, but it's preordained. When you think you've come up with a decision, the decision has been made already. I mean, that can be that can be measured in your brain. So, are you saying that it's already been made before we take action? Explain it further. Yeah, it's already been. In other words, if you're thinking to make, if you're if you're confused about what to do, whether to go right or left on the road, the moment you decide to go right. Before that happened, your brain made the decision and sent you the sure. signal. 
Sure. Yeah. So that's a de- that's my denial of free will from from a conscious state. That is that you're not really making it. Your okay. brain is making it based on its impulse, because the brain is full of you know a trillion little idea makers that are trying to figure out how to decide what to do, and it's doing it for you. It's a supernatural process. Let's, let, let's hmm. go ahead. No, if, if I. It's it's common knowledge in medicine, for example, that that as you change, your brain makes adjustments and you'll stop doing things that you don't realize you're stopping. You don't realize you're changing, but you are. So I'm evolving. Well, whatever. Evolving, manifesting, creating. Well, that's fine, but, but it's still, I think... I understand the, the evolutionary process, but so a lot of the evolution we're not involved in. Now, I guess that's your argument, huh? That God is in charge of everything? Right. Going back to yesterday's conversation about the canvas, yeah. It just keeps going. All right. I'm not going to take a break. We'll keep going. No, okay. Go on. Go on. So the point about free will, though, you know, even looking at that, you know, obviously we made a decision before we took action. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, decided to make cookies. But the we didn't make the decision. Your brain made the decision, which is a singular thing. It's it's your tuner that's running your. Is bones it my brain? Your... Is it? Oh, okay. So now we're going to get into consciousness. Yes, it's your brain, but your brain is. If you open up your skull and look at your brain, it's not going to show you any thoughts. It's going to show you equipment. Right. You know, okay. So what, no, it wasn't brain or consciousness. It was brain or heart. And, you know, I was at a, um, I kind of crashed like this party at a hotel. And to my surprise, it was all brain surgeons. And (laughs) I sat down and was talking to, to one of them. And I said, you know, is there a difference between the brain and the mind? And he looked at me like in shock that I asked him that question. <laughs> Good for you. Mm-hmm. What did he say? He looked did at he, me. He had a pause. He looked at me and he was like, that is a really good question. And I said, yeah. And I waited for the answer. Because <laughs> I know. I know the answer. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's everybody else's hard problem. What? You know, well, whether we're living in a mindful universe or not. You know, I mean, if we're living in a mindful universe, then your brain is nothing more than a tuner picking up the signal. And sure. if you take it to this logical extreme, the signal is love, so which true. we're being, which we're, which we're rejecting mm-hmm. uh, because we are human and we want other stuff besides love. And then the, the people will say, well, that's, that's Lucifer. That's God. That's, that's the yin and yang of good and evil. And our tuner is, you know, setting up to interpret that, but it so receives both signals. And so on. So that's the chronic, that's the constant fight. That's the big hard problem. So, yeah, exactly. Well, so did I get it right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, did you get it right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on that note with the brain, it's like, it's a fight. It's a fight to control it. That's what MKUltra is all about. It's like we're trying to, not we, not we. I'm not part of that we. 
but let's just say that you know the dark and the light right the dark is trying to to get a hold of your mind to get you to pick up a negative signal and the way they do that is not only through vibration and stuff but through the light meaning the television (laughs) everything that you see is programming us all the time it's movies you know it's the normalizing blood and gore and fear and you know just it's just terrible the negative stories all the time and it's desensitizing us but it's a fight for that brain for for the program because they don't want your brain to align with your heart so that signal if we allow and let go and let god and we listen more to our heart and turn the TV off. Just turn off all those lights. And just go out in nature. See what's real. You know, and start feeling again. A lot of people can't feel. They're just so, they're so cooked. Okay. It, consciousness, consciousness. I, I still, I think that people, I mean... If you go back to Plato, to, to the cave, for example, let's, let's talk about utopia again, uh, starting with Plato and coming forward to Thomas More. Okay. Everybody was looking for a happy place. It's like paradise. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Greek interpretation of paradise is a, is, a, is a walled garden. So everybody's want to put up a wall, live in a cave, join a, join a cluster of people that's different from anybody else, uh, have common food, common this, common that, and they end up getting in a political row and they kill each other. How do you how do you intercede that? How do you how do you get involved in that? How do you how do you get ahead of that problem when you know it's going to happen? It happens in in convents. It happens in monasteries. It happens everywhere. People try to uh, escape That's the it. lights of the television set and they can't do it. It's the escape. It's, you know, I like that you use that word too, because this morning I was reading an article by um, the Galactic Federation. Are you familiar with that? No. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I've heard, I mean, that sounds like Star Wars to me. I mean, pretty much. So the Galactic Federation is a federation um, beyond our realm here that is helping humanity, you know, elevate their consciousness to love. And so this is like, this is like the starseed community someplace. Yeah. Pretty much. Are you talking about like Uranta, like those guys? Um, I don't think she comes from there. No, but it, it's basically along the same line. Okay, because okay. It, it's from beyond. It's not here. It's not. It's not one of us. Let's say. So she, you know, she's a star seed, and um, she was talking about, you know, how to elevate. She's always talking about elevating your consciousness and all that stuff. And I'm reading this thing, and it's like in in all the good intent behind that to me reading it I just felt like it's not helping anybody because you're not understanding that you can't escape you can't escape you I don't care how much you go out there and ground grounding is is good for your body it releases tension releases a lot a lot of the negativity that we're holding no doubt you know many practices but you can't escape the negativity that we face every single day because we are the problem we're the problem. my point my yeah. point mm-hmm. yes yes so god is not the problem you know we can go out there and hug a tree we can go out there and love a dog and put our feet in the ocean god is not the problem the problem is us and i agree with that i agree yeah. with that 
Um, so with so that's why it's so important to have an education and what love is. It's not enough to escape, go on vacation, you know, um, just tune out your your family, tune out your boss, tune out, you know, the, the altercation you had at Walmart. You know, it's not enough. You got to know how to diffuse it when it's when it's pointed at you. How do you handle the negativity within the people that you come in contact with? Are there people alive today besides you that can handle this, you think, and that you that you look up to or that you gravitate toward? That's okay. I've got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you think? Um, oh, gosh. No, Sorry, I, I, you know what? Then, yeah. John, seriously, I, I've always gone to the source. And yeah. in, the, in the beginning stages, in, in the beginning of my, I'm going to call it a bifurcation, from my previous life to my current life, going from heartache to healing. Um, I called upon authors, you know, remember, I think I said that yesterday and I, I just, I just read a lot because I, I feel like when there's a book that's worth reading, it came from somebody who, who did the work, you know, they didn't just slap their name on a cover and, you know, put what, whatever inside just to say, I wrote a book. Is you that when you became Hmm. Close to books was during that period when you were, when yes. you, I mean, you yes. think so? Yeah. yeah, I think that my whole life, it's interesting. I've been writing forever without really realizing it. I've always kept a diary. Um, that was my safe place when I was going through all my, you know, childhood, adolescent things. I'd be, I just write. And that was the thing my mom told me, just, just write it down, Miha, just write it down. And I'm like, okay, I'll write it down. I just kept writing. And, um, you know, when I look back at all the things that I wrote, not just in diaries, but just stuff that I wrote, I just, it just didn't click. You know, I just, but aren't, just aren't, I mean, you're, you're a three time bestseller for cracking the rich code. Yeah. Which isn't that about money? Isn't that about, isn't that about filthy lucre? My stories. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. When Jim approached me with that, I'm like, "What do I know?" In the rich code, <laughs> you know. But um, why did they put you in there? I mean, you're you're a, I mean, you're practically the face of three bestsellers, and you are, you know, the writer. I mean, how'd you get there with this um, story of yours? By loving Jim. I mean, Jim. I'm talking about Jim. When he said, "Marilee, I have this project," I looked at him and I said. I said, just what I'm saying to you, John. I said, Jim, what do I know about that? And he laughed at me. <laughs> and I think, I think at that moment, honestly, Jim said, sat, um, saw something in me more than I did at that time. Because I was still in, you know, very much in my being and not uh, doing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I wasn't really caring about. I don't know, fame, fortune, and name, and all that. I just wasn't. I was like, I made a commitment to God. This is what I'm doing. This is the path that I'm on, and nobody's going to stop me. That's it. Well, all right, so you're on the cover of Millennium Magazine this month, yeah. which is Warren Buffett's favorite read. You're on the cover. Yeah. And right behind that, within a couple of weeks, you're featured in the Wall Street Journal. Did <laughs> someone see you there and decide, whoa, let's pick her? 
All I can say is, you know, know, amazing things keep happening to me, John. Okay, so here we go back to God again. This is all God's I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the story. If you want, yeah, right. Let's buy Marilee's story because you can be in the Wall Street Journal, be on the cover of Millennium Magazine, be a three-time bestseller, and it's all about God. Boom, and love. Smack down, right? Yes. All right, so... so, yeah, so I'm writing today. I'm writing today, and I'm writing about you, and you're having this smackdown with Aquinas mm-hmm. when you're coming in from um, from um, NGC 234, okay? Yeah. Did you read that this morning? I did. Did you? Did you do? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. You kind of threw the curveball with Lucifer and Aquinas. I don't know. I was like, ooh. It, it, you know what it did was, for me, it, it's fascinating to me how you write. It reminds me of Thomas Hardy. When I read The Mayor of Casterbridge, I had to keep putting the book down because I'm like, how the hell does he write like this? Like, how did you know this was going to happen way back when? Like, to... It was just so impressive to me. And so now I saw that moment in the story here. Let me, let me just go back to it real quick. I have to do this. And I'm going to tell you. All right. I'll stand by. Yeah. It says, as we listened, Jacqueline quietly nudged me with, I'm going to get back to Aquinas and get this thing ironed out. Bastet is the real deal, and we do not want to lose her impact to the nefarious. And I'm thinking to myself, John, where are you going with this? Well, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, just in the future, like, what do you see? Well, Lucifer is coming after you. I mean, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be the. By the way, we're talking about deals, danger, destiny here. If anybody wants to, you know, join in. Um. Which is a series of books. Uh, Deals, Danger, Destiny is a series of books by Sunbury Press in Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. Um, and Marilee is the protagonist in that series. That's why. So we're sort of we're talking out of school here a little bit, mm-hmm. but we are um, because Marilee, uh, as it turns out, what happened between Marilee and I a long time ago was that we resonated. Um, in a state that we didn't recognize. Is that true? That we all of a sudden sort of like, wow, there's something humming here that I'm not clear on. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that became, that started to morph into a story that turns out to be who you really might be. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's turning out to be truer by the day. For sure. It's... and. Yeah. You know, I, I interviewed Eben Alexander one time uh, for at quite some quite some length, and he was the um, he was a neurosurgeon at Harvard. We talked about him yesterday, but Alexander went through a very interesting situation and has become an international bestseller and a great speaker because of his experience going the, going that way, and um, and I was the researcher involved in that. And I tied him to Pythagorean, to, to the harmony of Pythagorean. And I'm feeling the same way about you. Not so much Pythagorean, but I think that you are the very person we're describing. I think that you are about that. 
Mm-hmm. I think that you are the daughter of Ra. So now let's see. That puts you in an odd position with God, it seems to me. Don't you think? No? No. Only in His the sense only in the sense that God is separate. Right, yeah, but so is Apep the snake. Mud. And Lucifer. Lucifer is able to get to you because God is Lucifer is as strong as God. They're equal power. Yes, and which wolf will you feed? Yes. Who said that? I did right now. Oh. All right. I'm kidding. That's that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know these things. I'm not that way. You're better read than I am. <laughs> no, but... Sean, no. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, I think what we what was happening is that we in Deal's Danger, Deal's Danger Destiny is is actually a memoir about me. It starts out that way that turns into the story of you. Mm-hmm. And it starts when uh, when uh, Thomas Aquinas and I have our our little, you know, with the committee smack down at the at the, the yeah. cemetery in Paris. So, um, but okay, I I yeah, go on. I'm gonna say. Okay, there's the story. We could talk about the story. But to me, what's so absolutely fascinating, John, is how this thing started. How it evolved to me. You mean me seeing you in the southern sky? Or what? No, I mean that inspiration hit you. And it's like I could almost remember the day when you told me that you were going to write a biography. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Did you see me? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Well, we we're talking about evolution earlier. Uh, it is an evolution, but but the things that have since we started the book, the things that are happening now that are coincidental, yeah, are becoming beyond coincidence. Oh yeah, now, yeah. So I th- I think it's okay to go into metaphysics here mm-hmm. because what's happening conversationally between you and I, and and actually things are happening beyond coincidence. Uh huh. And that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. It's kind of like people that have a near-death experience. They come back, and they, they stick with their story. The, so, the, the signs that are coming down now about who you are are becoming very um, impactful. They're becoming real. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, so I don't, I don't want you know, to pin you with that necessarily, but I think it's worth the conversation, at least the thought, because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here looking at a statue of a black cat right now, you know. Well, so you know what's beautiful about that? I want to give you a little visual here about coincidence, and it ties into yesterday's conversation because some people, some people don't notice a coincidence. Is just a coincidence, like it's a random, you know, act, and they don't put much weight on it. So they don't they don't tie these acts to anything. It's just oh that's weird, and they move on. But they don't understand that it's something. It's a part of something greater in their story, and these are all pieces of their life. So the more oblivious you are to the coincidence or the alignment, then you'll you're not figuring it out. Those are points of love. It literally means that the light in me has touched the light without me you know, beyond my physical being. And so th- that energy field connects. 
and it happens more and more like it cycles faster the more aware of it you become so all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh this is what the whole thing about manifestation is about and there's people talking about oh i manifested you know million dollars and you can't do it i'm thinking show me no you didn't no you didn't um because the way you fall in love with it you fall in love with it it's not about monetizing it you're not monetizing manifestation if you were really manifesting you'd be on a beach you know with with a drinking umbrella what do you care you know what i mean well yeah no i'm yeah i think that um to use your uh discussion yesterday about um the block of uh, granite block of marble mm-hmm. um i think what happened was was that was that i started to see through your block of marble uh i started to see the angel within mm-hmm. uh and that was a gift that i got that wasn't me being that smart somebody pointed that to me really um I think so. I'm, I don't want to get gooey here, but I think that, that I think that that's I think that's why that's why the book is becoming so successful right now. I mean, not it's it's not even on the streets yet, but the but the the, the beta yeah. readers right. are crazy, going crazy over. It. Well, um, and uh, you know, and that's how we tied up the game. Your your book. I mean, it all came together. And this is not enlightened self interest. I, I wish it was. I wish it would be that smart, but I'm not. It's just falling together. Yeah, but okay, that, but there's a beautiful story behind that. And I want to get to that. But before I get to that, I still I want to finish my point about the coincidence. Because I, I really would like people to understand what happens when you pay attention. Because love is so powerful. When I'm doing the right thing, I'm paying attention to my intention, to my thoughts. What am I thinking about? And, you know, and me and my pennies, right? I mean, the universe talks to me all the time, confirming, and I know I'm on the right path. Well, in the beginning, you're seeing coincidence. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, and and then that happened and that one. Oh, and then you're talking about manifestation and the key is knowing how to love. If you really want to experience coincidence, favor, and changing the scenario from and that happened meaning that you're you're noticing it you're seeing it outside to gravitating or gravity gravitational pull to these things it's a shift in energy did you get it like you know instead of me looking out and going oh my gosh and then I noticed that and then I noticed that it's like I understand that my brain is that antenna I am vibrating at a place where I don't really have to be thinking about anything because God already knows what's in my heart so when it comes into view I was like wow I forgot all about that and there's just so many gifts for us and you're not paying attention because you're in some but if you can slow down and just pull back and start focusing on love, you really start to like go, oh my God, like I just, I just let that go. I didn't know. And then God says, I remember. I had it here for you all along. Um, 
Okay. I mean, okay. I, I, I mean, you you say it in such a pure form that it's you know it's almost you know you can become Doctor Angelica. I mean, it's. Um... <laughs> well, why, why are I, you so I, good at this? I'm, I'm talking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not pulling from other people's you know manifestation worksheet. I'm literally you know, walking it and trying to get people to understand that the power lies within. And even though we hear these words because they have been usurped from the dark side to, you know, make us still chase the light, what glitters and money and this, stop doing that. Stop doing that. You you have to lay that down. That will come when abundance kicks in, not money, not money. You know, there's, Oh God, there's a, Instagram. So abundance in your abundance in your format. Money doesn't buy abundance. No. Abundance is a whole different thing. It's not about money. No. Okay. All right. Well, that makes a lot of poor people happy. Right. Um, Well, because it comes. And a lot of times it comes in the form of money because money buys things, but that's just not how the world works. God's world. I think you're right. The girl you're right. The world has no interest in money at all. That is the planet. The planet, nor does the universe, nor can you call Andromeda and ask what time it is because it doesn't know. That's right. Time is a function of gravity. It's just like a big elastic sheet. Time, gravity, mass, all that stuff is stuff. It's like the ether of the universe. Dark matter. It's all stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all stuff. And so then is, so is God in that stuff. In other words, when when I see you as a budding deity, do I see stuff? What do I... What am I seeing? I mean, do I dare say God? Because God is love. What you're seeing is love. It, it's all right. So, so Christ walked around and and um, uh, was the was the son of the Father, did the right thing. He was the he was the ultimate do the right thing example. Was he not? And, and, you know, to our discussion yesterday about doing the right thing and why that's, it, it's, it doesn't cover it. It's, it's, I know. Yeah, you were, yeah, you didn't like that yesterday. I know. Yeah, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's subjective. You know, people have perspectives and attitudes about what is the right thing when it's contrary to love. And it's just the ego, you know, supporting the ego. Does everybody feel inferior when they talk to you? Everybody just feel flawed? Huh? Coming home, that Don't do that. You ever make me. anybody feel good? <laughs> Don't say that. You know, ironically, yes, yes. You know what? The answer is yes to both. I mean, when people come around me. There's a there's a happiness when they leave. There is a joy, and I see them budding. But the truth about the the flawed understanding about what love is hurts, and so they feel flawed, and a lot of them don't like it. So they're going to some kind of a recovery state. Then they have to go back and think it. Is that when they start to read the game, the book, no. your book? No. No, unfortunately not. You know, um, 
I, I honestly believe that God will call his people to read that book. I'm... All right. So, all right. So does that make you an apostle then? I mean, whatever the label is, John, whatever. I'm just me. You know, I'm just, I'm literally just finding my way home. And I found the path. So no, so no matter what the syllabus is for the event, your answer is, I show up. Yep. End of story. That's it? That's it. And if I'm there and you show up, I become happy and walk away joyful. Yeah. It's a transference of energy. Can we, can we monetize <laughs> that? <laughs> You yeah. know, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it, I have a friend of mine, Brian Bean. He has a saying that says, um, uh, "Money talks, but wealth whispers," and that just stuck with me. And it, say it again. Money talks. What? Money talks, but wealth whispers. What, what that means if you have a little bit of money you're gonna flash you know you're gonna buy the car that you can't afford but the dealership said you could so you bought it anyway <laughs> and that's dealing with it but you show up in a mercedes you know you're gonna buy everything outside your reach because you've got enough money they're saying that they can lend you that money and you can make that payment and get in debt and blah 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 and so you walk around and you're looking pretty spiffy because you nice neighborhood drive a nice car okay that's great because you're showing everybody you got money. But the moment you have real money, it's like now it becomes a shift. You don't necessarily need to tell everybody. And it's not to say that you can't have nice things. But you're not out there, you know, just wanting to flaunt it. I think, uh, I ran into, of course, I came up against that for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. About about extreme wealth. Mm-hmm. Um with my with the people I was running with that were my customers clients and I found um, that uh, in the in the wealth whispers category um, they were like one of the reasons that they whispered was because they didn't want to put up with the abuse they were going to get from people who wanted their money yeah um, they were extremely quiet and they just sort of they, at some point, they just wanted to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that it changed their habits necessarily. Right. Um, you mean their behavior? I think that they're. Well, I mean, mean, I mean, well, I mean, young. I, I don't think that they, I don't think they be, become any less flashy. Um, the yachts kept getting bigger. The airplanes kept getting more expensive, even though the wealth kept growing. Um, I mean, you look at you look at, uh, and then they go on to things that are more imaginative, like like uh, Bezos. You know, he, he decided to go off and build up rockets. The same with with Elon Musk. You know, they're going into space. All of a sudden, it's terraform Mars. You know, because I've already covered the Earth. And then the first minute, let's think about that. You know, these people have so much money. Is it really that important to put a rocket in the sky? Well, I mean, that's their option. You know, that's their option. That's their you know? option, but it's not love. That's where free will comes in. What are they supposed to do? Put on a hair shirt and start giving away toys or what? No, but I mean, um, it's one thing to enjoy your life and be abundant and everything. But 
it's like there's so many people in need. So many people in need. And it's like, I'm going to put a rocket in the sky? Who the hell cares? Oh, well, I mean, the, I, I just totally disagree with that. I think that the, I think that the, the guys that put the rockets in the skies are ultimately going to be feeding the people that need, need the help. You know, if it, if it is Terraform Mars, if that's what it is, if we are in a Kim Stanley Robinson manual or book and we're, we, have, we have to reach out, it's no different than leaving Europe and going to the New World or whatever it is. It's the modern version of it. And you just can't throw all the peasants in an ark and take them with you. You have to make a better environment for them. And who's better prepared to do that than these guys that put rockets in the sky or build electric cars or whatever? They're not doing anything wrong. They're building a better world, even though they may be a little bit flashy. Look around. We don't have a better world. Well, I'm going to say better in terms of maybe easier access to food and better transportation and stuff like that. He's putting a rocket in the sky. We don't have food in the grocery store. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they relate. I think one is exploration, which is legitimate, and the okay. other may be social policy. But I don't think social policy and exploration I think have an any have any relationship to each other. Yeah, well, I think it's an agenda. But aside from that, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Side note: I actually had a dream. It was like a prophetic dream with Elon Musk, and Elon Musk. It was so real. He had come to like an event or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And of course, you know, I think his attention. I'm right there next to him. And he's flirting with me and, you know, just kind of being chummy. And of course, you know, I have an agenda. My agenda is, can you please get this message out? Can you please let people know that they can solve their own problem here? And, you know, just anyway. He ended up being my adversary. He was testing me to see if if my ego would cave and I would lower myself to be with him. I caught on so fast. Oh, my gosh. In my dream, it was so. And then the moment I caught on, he was like Dr. Evil. And I had to get the hell out of like this temple thing. And um, I like sat out of bed so fast. And I was yelling for my son, like, Peter, Peter. Oh, my God. And I'm telling him about Elon Musk and testing me and and you know i'm like no love is the answer and that's what i'm sticking with <laughs> well evil always nice to have family <laughs> sure. yeah yeah but i would uh, yeah yeah my point is being tested and that's where we get back to free will free will is literally are you going to choose love or are you not going to choose love what's it going to be but why did you focus on, um, well, I don't think you know. I mean, why Elon Musk was even in the play, that was just coincidental. Or for somewhere, I don't think, you know, there's nothing wrong with Elon Musk one way or the other. He's just a huge out. industrialist. We're going to find out. Well, I mean, we'll find out. Everybody finds out about everybody at some point. You know, it's that the Egyptians figured out they couldn't change that. But I, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You say well, something again. Well, we were talking about, you know, free will. Yeah. And how well, can, well, no, just the, just coming back to the point of everything comes down to one decision, moment to moment. Are you going to choose love? Or are you going to choose not to love? Which is it? And we are so pressed for time that we're, we're just trying to survive 
So you're not paying attention to what the choices you're, you're making in that moment. And it's a constant, nope, that wasn't love. Nope, that wasn't love either. So you're going left, 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 left. And now you you created this world for yourself that's nothing but havoc. Strife. Well, if you go back to 500 years before Christ, when when uh, the, the idea of, of a perfect society was first born and came forward, I mean, who was... You know, well, I guess because of the existence of creation, 500 years before Christ doesn't mean anything. But the um, the do the right thing idea, which apparently started in the Garden of Eden, uh, if uh, if you you know, want to use the Bible as a historic reference, to do the right thing uh, was a test that we failed, and. Um, uh, we seem to be continuing to fail that test yep. over and over and over again. Um, it seems like you're fighting a losing battle to me. No, if, um, if we're going to use that, and we're going to stick to timelines and stories, right? If we go back to that story of Adam and Eve, um, we didn't know any better. We were provided for. We were in the Garden of Eden. We were one with God. We were naked, didn't know it. There was only love. And abundance. That's it. And then, once we became the tree of knowledge and took a bite of that, I'm going to say we, now God gave us free will. That's when we were divided. Now you have a choice. Do you want to stay here with me or do you want to know more? And each time, fear came in. Fear, fear, and, and directed our step. And so we got further and further away from the garden. So to find our way home, we have to reverse the order. We have to find our way home through love. <laughs> well, what about evolution? Uh, I mean, what? you know, is there, what did you, have we always been the same in your, in your position? Is your position is that we've always been the same? Um, have any my position is I don't have one about evolution. I really don't. I don't have a position about science. I don't have a position about any of that stuff. We can talk about it all day long. All I want is to be happy. I just want to be happy. I want to be free. And I want every single gift that God has for me. That's my target. That's my agenda. And everything else is just a curiosity. People's opinions. People's curiosities. Oh, you're curious about science? Go research it. That's part of the canvas. And you keep trying to find the end of the canvas. There is no end. Well, I, okay. I'll accept that as my personal flaw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Stretch that board. I I want to bring up one thing that just getting back to the, to the, um, metaphysical for a minute because I, we we scouted this yesterday and I forgot to talk about it. I was talking about the, the near-death experience people yesterday a little bit that they have a story and sticking with it. Right. And in one of my books, I have several interviews with people that have done that and I did have a long and engaging conversation with Evan Alexander. But when I had, uh, when I was under anesthesia, I guess it was this year, maybe last year, whatever it was anyway, um, I, I I ended up in my own science story, you know, in the same kind of a in the same kind of real way that you were 
you know, parlaying around with Elon Musk. I ended up as a photon um, flying around within the competition of, of mass and gravity. Mm-hmm. And it was full color. It was a full color event. Mm-hmm. And it was real. I mean, it could have been, I mean, Disney's studios, Industrial Light and Magic could not have done a better job of that dream. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was, it was things going on with me that I don't believe I had access to previously. Um, that was before you started writing the book. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. I think I had. I think I was out there somewhere, um, gathering stuff up. But it was. It wasn't. It was. It was not. It was like you want to get out of there. You know, in your your dream you're talking about. Um, I wasn't having an easy time of it. Hmm. It wasn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like anybody was, was, you know, dazzling me with happiness. I was in a fight between mass and gravity in a force field. You know, I was, I was in there, I was playing in the force field. Why do you think you're having a hard time with it? Well, I think because of fear. I mean, it, it was, I, I, I felt like I was if I if I went all the way into mass and gravity missed me if I if in other words, I didn't control the gravity enough that I went into mass which would be like into a black hole ultimately or a big thing like a big ball of gas or a planet or the sun or whatever uh that I would that if it if you know I would cease to exist. Mm-hmm. Now, was that, you know, is that something to do with death? I mean, because I've died a couple of times. I mean, Kelly, Kelly is, did I tell you what Kelly said about, she said, you're such a drama queen. Why don't you stop dying? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. We both know Kelly. Anyway, um, I thought that was terrific. Right. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's cute. Well, you know. I don't know. It just reminds me of like, you know, the conversation about touching the light, you know, you touch the light and you brought something and then you were inspired because I don't know how you're writing this book. I don't know how John, I don't know how you're doing this. I, I read it and go, Holy crap. How do you know all this stuff? I mean, aside from your intelligence and experience, the books you've read, the people you've met, how do you know this about me? Well, that's the touch the light part that I think we'll get into as we evolve. Um, yeah, that is the touch the light part. You know, you are the light. I think. I think you're some. You're some. You're some piece of that. Um, I'm seeing more in you than I see. I'm. I'm seeing enough in you that you've got my attention. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got my I like attention. That. No, but that's an honor. To have somebody of so, your caliber, you know, to see me. But I think that only somebody of your caliber would really truly see me. Well, I think that you're easy enough to see if people take the time to look. But it's but it's seeing, not looking. Yeah. It's seeing. And there's there's a there's a difference there. It's like being versus being. You yeah. know, you can be someplace where you can be in being. Mm-hmm. I can be in front of you, but if I'm in being with you, then I'm seeing you. Right. And uh, that's, I think, the that's the that's the thing that's hard to to uh, to that's the bridge that's hard to 
climb sometimes or whatever yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can get through that, or they don't try. I'm sure that if your God idea, if your God hypothesis is true, everybody's capable of doing all the stuff we're talking about. 100%. And do it, you know, just thinking about it. 100%. Yes, each one of us. Each one of us is the manifestation of God. Unless, of course, you're sure. a pillar. <laughs> but well, So everybody's able to do so it's So if you know the formula, you're able to do this. 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, the, but we all have free will do you mm -hmm. want it fear creeps in again I'm telling you fear I can feel it I can see it I recognize it in others it's almost like they don't want to touch it because they don't want to know everybody has their the ghost in the closet whatever they don't feel good about you know whatever it is they they don't want to be seen it's like I don't want your book Marilyn. I don't want to live in a glass house I don't want to it's like you don't understand whether you choose to read the book or not, somebody is. And that somebody is going to tell somebody. And, and pretty soon, you can't hide at all. Because we'll all be naked. Being able to recognize purely how we show up, who we are. Are we true or not true? And the pushback that I get for it is like, you know, so many derogatory comments and... Um, you know, about me or what people who just don't know me, right? At all, like at all. Just yes, I mean that's uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I've had to grow. I've had to grow into uh, not. I, I've had to grow into ignoring that. Not about you, but 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 about me for simply knowing you. Um, I what think that that's. Well, I mean, people make derogatory comments, you know. I mean, they think oh, yeah. if they if they hear us talk or if they hear whatever the circumstance is, if it doesn't meet their rubric, their dance card, they don't want to get there. They don't want to discuss it. They're afraid of it, whatever it is. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you and I are both pretty well educated. Yeah. And uh, so I think we have an advantage. And I'm not going to say that people who don't have education don't have an advantage because it's really not about education. It's about curiosity. Yes. And it's a basic form of curiosity. Mm. It doesn't require you to go to Stanford That's or to, you know, Penn, to Penn State or Harvard. Right. It's like, do you want to go to those schools, work your ass off, stress out, you know, taking coffee or drugs, Stanford to pass that test, to have that certificate on the wall, because on the other side, they're telling you life is going to be easy because now, you know, everybody knows that you earned this degree. But what happens is they may get that job, the title, money, but the stress doesn't go away. It's just more pressure. And there's the happiness is not there. So well, do yeah, you, it probably gets worse. Right. Or that's do the you wrong, want... Yeah, that's, that's the wrong acceleration. That's for sure. That's pushing the wrong pedal. That's right. Nothing wrong with education, but but for that reason, it's not the right it's not the right decision. That's for sure. Mm -mm. No, no, it's got to be about curiosity, no matter how you get it. Mm -hmm. Well, I you think. know, that's I mentioned that in the five gates, right? And that's that is um, the third gate. The third. Gate By the way, the uh, the book we're talking about two books. I don't know if you can figure out that we're talking about two books. Maybe you can. Um, the the book Marilee's book, which is the manual for where we're taking this, is the game. 
All right. It has it's a blue cover. I mean, it's a brown cover with a chess king. Queen. On the cover. Queen. Oh, yeah. It's a queen. Mm-hmm. On the cover. The game. Winning by virtue one move at a time. Mm-hmm. The queen is the most powerful part. That's right. Most powerful thing. She's okay. the most powerful piece on the board. Yep. And um, it's by EDK Books, and it's on Amazon, I presume. And it is. Yep. Uh, and the book that the other book we're talking about hasn't been released yet. Hasn't been uh, released yet. It's about to be released from Sunbury Press, and that's called Beale's Danger Destiny, which is a black cover with me on the cover riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Being the badass will... that you are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. That's a Our... badge of honor, I guess. Well, you know, it, it's just, the book is just so amazing because you're, we're talking about a man who's lived nine lives, you know, who has experienced things that, that most people will never experience in a lifetime. And you're reading about this going, all these things are possible. Like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Really? Like, from wow. day to day, you're going, what am I doing with I could be taking more risks. I could be pushing, you know, the envelope on everything I do and with people and, and the experience that John is talking about right now. But then it turns into something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I think our hour is up. Let's stop there and come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Gosh, I love our talks. I do too. I love you too. I love I you. Do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye.